Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 463. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hello. How's it going? Uh, very cold. Yeah, it's, it's cold here too. Very cold. Cold and windy. I yep. don't like it. Yep. It's a very unpleasant. Uh, this week on the show, we'll be taking a look at The Wonder, which is out now on Netflix. We'll also be going over some of the watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a chance. That'd be great. Uh, new Save by the 90s is coming very soon. We're recording it as of as of you, you listening to this right now. We will have recorded it, um, but it'll be dropping maybe next week, hopefully, depending on how quickly I can edit. Uh, I guess I can, I can drop the... Uh, the topic, the theme of this month's episode, and that's presidential films. So we're going to be talking about movies like Dave and Air Force One and American President and Canadian Bacon. Dave. Dave. I watched that today, actually. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. I did. Surprisingly, actually. <laughs> I surprisingly <laughs> enjoyed myself with that one. Like I've seen it before when I was very, very young and I, I didn't really remember too much. Uh, all right, let's dive into our review. We're talking about uh, the wonder, which is on Netflix right now. That's it's directed by Sebastian Lelio. I have a synopsis here. A tale of two strangers who transform each other's lives, a psychological thriller, and a story of love pitted against evil. That is something. <laughs> is that, is that something else. That is, that, is that the actual synopsis that's supposed to be linked to that the movie that I watched? Because that is not... I mean, I guess you could say know. that, but it is very misleading. That is a very misleading synopsis. Like that's, that synopsis started out like a very, like this is an inspirational, like mm-hmm. Hallmark movie almost. And it's not that. I don't even know if I'd call it a psychological thriller either. Really? No, I wouldn't. And also a, a story of love pitted against evil. There's evil in it. Yeah. But I don't know if it's love pitted against it. And I don't know. We'll we'll get into it, I guess. So uh, this stars Florence Pugh. This is the second week we're we're talking about a Pugh film. It's and it's it seems like our our birthday film, sir. Pugh. Yeah. Yeah, this came out on my birthday, so that's very exciting for me, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta say though, I, I really wasn't into this movie. It was, it was, I didn't, I didn't. It was fine, like for the most part. Yep. There were some weird elements to it that I really wasn't on board with, like the 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 the, the bookends. I thought was kind of weird how the movie starts off in like a sound stage, mm-hmm. uh, and and then you have this narrator who is one of the characters uh, Kitty O'Donnell's the character name 
Niam Alger is the actress. I'm probably mispronouncing that as usual, but she's she was in Censor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, you have this like kind of weird wraparound thing. And then once, I believe, during the movie, she breaks the fourth wall and like talks to us and like kind of identifies herself as the narrator, but. And just stares at us. Just yeah, speak. and I didn't. It's not that I, I guess I, I guess I would say I disliked that because I don't really, I didn't really see the point of it. Yeah, I was, I, you know, I was indifferent to it. I think like at the beginning, I was like, okay, this is interesting, and then at the end, I was just like, yeah, all right. I just don't feel like I they really went anywhere with it. No, I think the the only thing I, I mean, I could be missing something, but the only thing to me it felt like because this is all about you know stories, yeah. And, believing in stories wholeheartedly you know trying to set you up that like hey this is a story like yeah i mean but but i didn't need that like there were yeah. there were several moments where they like blatantly talked about like the story the the, the people and their and stories and also i feel like we're getting a lot of these like stories about stories uh like um 10,000 years of longing or is it 10,000, whatever, whatever the, the number of years of longing, that was all about stories and storytelling. Adam, stories are important. They right. are important. I agree. So I, I, because the synopsis didn't really get into it, uh, I guess I should go over what this movie is actually about uh, or what, what actually happens in the plot. You have Florence Pugh as this nurse who gets called to this this uh this irish village to investigate a oh, a strange phenomenon where a a girl a young girl is not eating and she has not eaten in 4 months and yet she's not getting sick or she she's perfectly fine and she says that she's f- feasting on Mana, and uh so they basically like a like a a tribunal gets together and and they hire Florence Pugh and then a nun to take eight hour shifts just observing this girl and in two weeks they have to report back their findings and so you so you have Florence Pugh just trying to figure out I mean because she's a nurse, she's skeptical that this girl went four months without eating. So mm-hmm. the bulk of the movie is just her trying to figure out like how she's able to do this. And it's that's kind of interesting. And where it it goes to some pretty dark places uh, as. Really, it's towards the end when you get the big reveals about like what the truth is behind all of this. Mm-hmm. And I liked, I liked kind of where it went. I thought it was entertaining, but at the end of the day, I think uh, it just didn't really have any kind of lasting power for me. Yeah, and I think it was one of the issues that I have with it, or one of the reasons is it didn't work, which I think is just a personal thing. Because I don't have the, you know, the religious, spiritual side. Is that, like, from the outset, you know that she's not feasted on mana, obviously. 
and you're just like, well, when someone's sneaking her food, and it never really seems like they tease that out. Like, oh, what could it be? It's just, it just feels like it's always like, well, somehow she's getting food. We'll find out then. Yeah, and then you, you have like. Toby Jones in here is this other doctor and he's the he's the guy who kind of really wants to figure out what's going on here. He's he's trying to figure out. He's thinking like she's getting energy from photosynthesis and shit. And I do like that his character is he's he is based in science, but at the same time he's really open to the possibility of like something crazy and new and awesome is happening. Yeah. And he's just fucking amped about it. Maybe it's magnetic. Yeah, magnetism. <laughs> that's gonna be my anytime I don't understand anything moving forward, I'm just gonna be like, maybe it's magnets. <laughs> Which is good because maybe it is. Uh, magnets are incredible. Fucking nuts. Who knows what they do? And then you have uh Will Will Byrne as a he's a journalist who gets wind of this whole thing so he's like writing a story on it and he he's trying to figure out what's going on too but then uh, he and Florence Pugh's character they end up falling for each other and so you got a kind of a love story angle going on here too yeah and that was another issue that I had because it just it, that just the development of that relationship just felt really rushed and undeveloped because like they're just like oh they don't seem to be a thing you know she definitely hates him and then next thing you know she's just telling him everything yeah she's just like whoa what the fuck happened yeah they 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 fell hard for each other they're having sex yeah it's just like oh i mean all right i guess we gotta speed things up because we you know she spent like over an hour of just watching a girl not eat yeah and and that that portion of it was just kind of it was kind of dull because the girl didn't really do anything cool like she pretty much just stayed in her bed and walked around that's why i'm saying that it didn't feel like they ever teased that it could possibly be anything else you know what i mean there was never anything that was happening on screen that you were like well what could it be it's just always rooted in the well she's getting food from somewhere because she's clearly not doing anything. So someone's just sneaking her food. Or maybe it is magnets. I don't know. <laughs> well, I re- really hope it was magnets. I think if it was magnets, it'd be a better movie. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, when you do finally figure out what, what happened, it is a little bit disappointing. <laughs> yeah, because you're just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They also made a point to show pretty much every meal that that Florence Pugh's character ate which was always <laughs> yeah which was always it looked like it was either grass or baked grass is what it looked like <laughs> it was one of those two things yeah uh they showed her scarfing scarfing lots of stews and old-timey irish meals <laughs> And I mean, Jesus Christ, the first time she's introduced to the Will Byrne character. Yeah, what is just dick, like, right? <laughs> like, right off the bat, he's just like, oh, you eating for two? I, what, eating which so was so weird because, like, the portions that she... Maybe, maybe it's because I'm used to American portions. That's probably what it is. But I thought to myself, like, it looks like she just has a bowl of stew there. Like, it's not... 
It's not an overwhelming amount. It's a ridiculous amount of grass, too. <laughs> Come on. Well, what a, what a douche. Like, this, the second that he meets her, like... Yeah. <laughs> what, and what, it, what we, you eating her meal and yours? <laughs> What's going on here, yeah. lady? Fucking ridiculous. And he knows, that's what he starts out with, that he knows that the follow-up is going to be, hey, can you help me write this story? Because I don't have any information. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, he's he's approaching her to ask for her help with this. Yeah. But I guess it worked out, because... Yeah, yeah. yeah, he got some. He got everything, everything that he wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess... Uh, the, only thing, the only thing that I will say uh, is that it, it, I, I thought it was a gorgeous film beautiful yeah like but the, the landscapes and stay stuff and you got cinematography from uh ari wagner so looking good it's good looking performances are all right but yeah overall like you said it's fine it's just fine it's yeah. not gonna have any lasting impact it's a it's bit fine. it's a bit lackluster i will say that that i i really loved that transition at the very, very mm. beginning, you know, when they're on the cool. sound stage and then they do that, that slow kind of zoom in into the, uh, on the ship or wh- wherever she mm-hmm. was. That, that was, I, I liked that. I enjoyed those. And I really loved the dissolve of, I think it was Anna where like the hills mm. in the distance dissolve into her laying in bed. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So you got some, you got some, some visual stuff here that I think works. I feel. I mean, far more artistic than what you normally expect out of a Netflix film. I'll say that. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I mean, if you've seen any of these, like, kind of uh, countryside type period pieces, like it pretty it has kind of a standard look to it. Except, I think that the interiors were a little bit more interesting in this one, just because they looked so stark. I liked a lot of the interiors. Everything had a like green tint to it. Yeah. Yep. On the walls. And then she green. always wore that like bright blue dress that that kind of contrasted with the the countryside. There were some more. I don't know, like if you would consider some of the other elements spoilers, but there were several other elements to this, uh, specifically with like the big reveals that happened at the end and like what kind of truths bubbled to the surface. But then also with the uh, Florence Pugh's characters, Lib, like she had some past trauma that she was still not quite, you know, um, heal healed from. And so she, she was like kind of grappling her own demons during this whole thing. Yeah, I, I mean, unfortunately, it's just, I don't know, there's not a lot to say for me, personally. Maybe other people got a lot more out of it. I didn't get a whole lot out of it. Um, like, again, I thought it was, I am interested to know what, like, if you're Irish and you watch this, like, what is, because they kind of make Irish people look <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, and this is uh, this is like post-potato famine, right? Yeah, it's and like they make right a after. point of being like, She's an English nurse going and it, it just the, the Will Burns family and then this family, everything that comes mm-hmm. to the surface. Like, damn, why you got to do Ireland like that? <laughs> it's laying on a bit much, don't you think? 
Yeah, like I said, uh, there are some dark uh, revelations that happen in this that are kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. And very much so. You know, make uh, make everything sort of make sense at the end. What did what did you think about without giving it away? What did you think about the ending? I mean, it was. I guess it worked. They wrapped everything up very nicely. Yeah, they sure did. They sure did. Yeah, I again. It's just like it's just one of those movies where I'm just like, it's fine. Yeah, it's I fine. I didn't really like. I, I really didn't have any too many notes on this one. Like specific things it's, to go over. And it's, like an extension of that is, I can see how anyone feels about it. Like any end of the spectrum. Like if you love it, sh- sure. I, I could see that. Absolutely. If you hate it, I could see that too. Like, sure. Everyone just feel how you feel about it. It's great. Yeah. Like I, I came away from it. Not, not really. I'm kind of sitting on the fence with this one. Like, I just don't really have any opinions on it at all. I do see how it could like, you know, resonate with people how it plays out and sort of the the like religious slash familial aspects of it and also it deals with some mental illness issues as well like PTSD uh even like a like dissociative identity disorder oh, and don't forget the big one trauma Oh yeah, well, yeah. Traumas, traumas given. That's a given. Yes. So yeah, like it, uh, it it deals with topics that I, I think, again, could resonate with a lot of people. It just it didn't really hit for me. I just thought it was average, and you know, just meh. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Cool. Uh, let's go ahead and give this a score. Kevin, what are you going to give The Wonder? I'd probably go like I'd probably go like a six. Like I want to go straight down the line, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like I got to give it a little bit more because like technically speaking It's like not in bad. The, in, the filmmaking, in the filmmaking sense it's a very well made film. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I feel like, yeah, I feel like a six is probably right around where I'm sitting, too. I I just feel like a five is a bit too, you know, yeah. by, by, by Rotten Tomatoes standards, a five is a rotten. And I just, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I... Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's rotten. I wouldn't say it's rotten. All right, uh, let's move on, talk about some of what we've been watching. Again, The Wonder is on Netflix if you're interested. I don't have a whole lot to, to go over this week. I've been very busy, but I did see a couple things, and I'll start things off with Smile. I just watched Smile this afternoon. That's a, that's uh, out now on VOD, so I was, was kind of anxious to see this. But What, what came first, Dave or Smile? <laughs> Dave came first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is directed by Parker Finn. I'm sure that you're familiar with this by seeing trailers or the, the viral marketing campaign that was surrounding this, which was actually quite cool, I, I thought. I like it when movies do goofy, uh, goofy marketing campaigns. 
The movie itself, it was fine. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was uh, this was another one that was like kind of straight down the middle for me. I'd probably give this one a six. Also, uh, it was not nearly as kind of creepy or scary as I kind of hoped it would be, and that's largely due to the fact that most of the early scares you see in the trailer. So I feel like mm-hmm. this is a case where the trailer gave away far too much. It's it's a, a bit of a slow burn, actually. So what you have here is uh, Sosie Bacon stars as a she's like a, a, a um, she's a doctor who works in a um, like a tr- uh, psychiatric emergency psychiatric ward in a hospital. I'm sure there's like a proper term for it. But um, she has a patient come in who ends up committing suicide and the circumstances surrounding it were like definitely off. They were definitely creepy. And it turns out that like she, this patient of hers was, was cursed. And when the fact that she witnessed this suicide and she was there for it, like it passed the curse onto her. So throughout the movie, she's just trying to figure out like where this came from. What is it? How do I stop it? All of this stuff. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an intriguing story. And then throughout, throughout the whole time as her like time is running out, uh, she starts to like, kind of see more and more horrific things around her. And then of course there's this whole, like the, the big part of it is, is she crazy? Is she not? Everybody thinks she's crazy. Her fiance thinks she's crazy. Her family thinks she's crazy, blah, blah, blah. We know that there's more to it than that, but no, none of the other characters do, of course. And, to add on to that, there's this whole thing where like her mother was very mentally ill and uh, caused a lot of problems. So of course everybody thinks that she inherited that and it's she, she's, you know, becoming psychotic and, and um, is developing schizophrenia or something. So I wasn't into that obviously. Cause never am unfortunately the whole movie is kind of based around it so that was a bit of a bummer but the end was pretty cool it doesn't end in your typical hollywood style horror movie fashion it it definitely subverts your expectations a little bit and you get to see some pretty creepy shit towards the end so maybe a light recommend i would say if it looks like it's maybe on Paramount Plus from the look of uh, from what it says here, yeah, yeah, it is on Paramount Plus. Hmm. So if you have Paramount Plus, give it a look. Unfortunately, no one does. No, I I don't. So I just rented it. But yeah, I I, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> again light recommend. All right, I watched uh, Steve. Buscemi's written and directed Trees Lounge from 1996. Oh man, I remember seeing this at Hollywood Video all the time. All the time. All the freaking time. 
and this is this has been my wife's watch list for I think since Letterbox was a thing. So I've seen it numerous times, just over and over and over again. Well, I finally watched it because it's on Tubi. You watch it on there. So Steve Buscemi, he plays Tommy, and Tommy is an alcoholic. He lives in the small apartment above the Trees Lounge, and he always drinks at the Trees Lounge. And he's just, most of his day is spent in and around the Trees Lounge, okay? It's one of those slice-of-life type films. He's recently lost his job. He's lost his girlfriend. He's pretty much just lost all of it. He's just kind of a, a loser, except he doesn't realize that. But as the movie goes on, I think he starts to uh, starts to recognize that fact that he's pretty much a loser. And one of the things that, that kind of makes this happen, makes him come to this realization, is that he gets involved with his ex-girlfriend's 17-year-old niece, who is played by Chloe Sevigny. So you have her in there, you got Carol Kane, you got Samuel L. Jackson shows up for a little bit. You got Kevin Corrigan, uh, Seymour Cassell, Michael Imperioli, like just a, a bunch of people in this. So he gets he gets uh, involved with his niece or his ex girlfriend's niece, and it's just you know gets him in trouble. And then he kind of comes to a realization: if you like those types of movies where it's just kind of you know all these ancillary characters and just not really a plot to the film, just kind of, you know, day to day, what a nobody's doing with their, with their life. It works pretty well. And especially because it's Steve Buscemi. I think that helps a lot. If it was someone else, because you spend all your time with this loser. So it's got to be a somewhat likable loser. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's not likable because as soon as the niece thing starts, you're just like, Ugh, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm fucking guy this fucking guy but i would definitely give it a, a little light recommend maybe maybe leaning a little bit heavier on the light i'd say like this this is like one of the if, you, if you're thinking about like the 90s indie film scene this is like definitely oh yeah one of oh, those it, like this this but, fits that to a t oh it is it is to the t 90s independent cinema with Steve Buscemi. So if you're into that kind of thing, you'll fucking love it. If you're not, just steer clear. Steer clear of it. (laughs) Uh, The only other one that I saw this week was called Hell High, and this is from 1989, directed by Douglas Grossman. This is... It's a horror movie, but it's... uh, I would say like a really light horror movie. It's mostly just like a teen high school kind of drama. What you have here is it, it says here a, a teacher with a paranormal gift and a dark past. Uh, I don't know anything about that because the teacher in this definitely doesn't have a paranormal gift as far as I can tell. Huh. So what you have here is a, uh, class a group of like misfits i guess they go out to play a prank on a teacher who is unwell she's like 
mentally just barely hanging on. And this prank that they do causes her to like, first of all, they almost kill her. And then it, that causes her to have kind of a psychotic break and go after them and try to kill them. Um, it's okay. It's not what I expected. I was kind of expecting this to be a slasher because it's called hell high. And the, the, the tagline is the teachers are tough, but their exams are murder. Oh no. And I was like, Oh man, this is, this is like an eighties. This looks like an eighties high school slasher movie that I haven't seen. And it's not really that it's, it's definitely different. I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. I mean, it's it's pretty much exactly what you would expect from an 80s slasher minus the, uh, like, s- slasher. <laughs> there, there's definitely murder in it, but it's all very kind of not great, and it happens at the end, and it's kind of low-budget looking. The makeup effects are not very good in this at all. In fact, they're horrible. And some of the actions of the characters don't make a whole lot of sense at all. Like Christopher Stryker's character, it, he some of the shit that he does is just so like even even like a dickhead type character wouldn't do some of the stuff that he does. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, it's fine as far as like 80s horror movies go. Like I was in the mood for one. This definitely fit the bill. It this is on the uh, Arrow's Arrow's streaming service. I just I saw this that this that you watched this that it was in your diary and I pulled it up and I was reading it and I'm like, "Oh, this sounds pretty fucking cool." And then everything that you just said, now I'm just super confused. It's cuz it sounds like the synopsis on Letterbox is lying to us. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's sort of true, but this all happens at the very, very end of the movie. Like, the whole synopsis is the very last scene, pretty much. Hmm. The, everything that builds up to that is just a bunch of kids, like, the, the, like they do this, like, big prank at the, at the football game. And they like drive the car out onto the field during the football game, and then they they they're, they're pulling some pranks on some some other people, and they're messing around with the coach, and it's like a high school drama up until the end when they decide to go yeah. after this teacher. It's very strange. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like it. I'm definitely not interested. Nah, I was. I, nah. I was, and I'm, I'm happy that you told me about it because now I can not put it on my list. Nah, I don't. I don't think you would like dislike it or anything. But there's just nothing. You, you wouldn't get anything out of it. Yeah, it just sounds like a waste of my time. Uh, I'm about to talk about a movie that didn't waste my time because first things first, it's only 79 minutes, so it didn't take up that much of my time to begin with. Hell yeah! And then and then on top of that. It didn't waste any of it because it's very economical, this runtime. And screenplay, pretty damn good. And that's Abraham Polanski's uh, Force of Evil from 1948. This is a 40s noir movie with John Garfield playing Joe Morse. Now, what Joe Morse, he's working for this guy, working for this guy, Tucker. Tucker 
He's he's doing the big the big time uh like small numbers racket type deal. Everybody's putting like, you know, pennies and nickels and stuff on if the number's gonna come up. So he's Tucker's doing it big time. And then you have all these like littler banks. They're doing they're doing the small time stuff. Gang small guys on the bottom. One of the, Joe Morris's uh older brother, he's one of the, the small time bank thing. He's running those because he doesn't want to get involved with all the gangsters. It's just too much, too much violence and everything. So he doesn't want a part of that. But Joe Morse is going to work with his client, Tucker, where things get a little dicey because he's supposed to be his lawyer. He's going to work with them. They got it set up that they're going to put all the banks out of business. And essentially what they're going to do is they're consolidate all those banks into one thing, just one bank, one organization that runs all the numbers. And, uh, you know, they're just going to be raking in cash left and right. As you can imagine, it's a noir film from the 40s, so things don't go as planned. And, uh, you know, people get caught in tough situations. We got guns being pulled out, shootouts in the dark. It's just such a good time. It's exactly what I wanted because I was like, I'm in in a noir mode here. I want to watch an old one, black and white. I just want the old style stuff and it's exactly what I wanted. And not only not only is the the writing good and it's very brisk and just kind of straightforward and gets to the point in and out, but it's also shot very well too. So it's also gorgeous. So I definitely can recommend Force of Evil, which I watched on the Criterion channel. Nice. And it looks like it's on Plex. Whatever the fuck Plex is. Plex is a it's a home media server. It's like a local media server, but it also no, they, they also have like a free. I just... What? Huh. I said I I knew I didn't know that they had films now. Yeah, yeah. They they that's a relatively new thing, and it's always free too. So they have like a streaming their own streaming service that you can like watch the stuff directly from your your plex app or whatever Interesting. and it's they have a pretty robust lineup like it's pretty good and it's it's ad supported so you, you there's ads but they're all free interesting well if you got plex check out force view all right let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week uh the only one i see here is bones and all you excited for bones and all Oh, yeah. There's also one that's coming out called Devotion. Mm, gotta look it up. It looks like what a fighter Devotion? pilot. Fighter oh, pilot movie yeah. with Jonathan Majors. Yeah, that's right. And Glenn Powell. Mm-hmm. Correct. It's an aerial war epic. Watch out now. I mean, I like Jonathan Majors. I like Glenn Powell, too, actually. I've never heard of Glenn Powell. He, he's like... He's not a name that you would have heard of, but you've probably seen him in things. He look, yeah, he's a very he looks like a default person. He usually plays like kind of an asshole dude, bro. Gotcha. I think he might have been in Top Gun, actually, the new Top Gun. He was. You are correct. Yeah, he's like the new uh, Iceman, pretty much. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it for theaters. VOD this week. Let's see what we got going on. 
for November 22nd, we have Blood Relatives. That's going to be on Shudder. It looks to be like some kind of horror comedy, horror Christmas comedy or something. Oh, boy. He's uh, it's uh, This is starring, written and directed by Noah Segan. And he plays a vamp, a vampire. He plays a, a 115-year-old Yiddish vampire. Okay. There Could be go. kind of fun. I'll probably check it out. I like Noah Segan. We have Don't Look at the Demon. We got Poker Face. That's the one with Russell Crowe. I think, it, I think that's directed by Russell Crowe also. Uh, we have Creatures of Necessity, Something in the Dirt. That's the new uh, the new Benson and Moorhead vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I don't know how to pronounce this, N- Nocebo? N-O-C-E-B-O. It looks like uh, maybe a thriller with... Uh, Ava Green. Uh, let's see. On the 23rd, we have Bones and All. Also on the 23rd, we have The Swimmers. That's going to be on Netflix. And then on the 24th, we have The Noel Diary on Netflix. And Deconstructing Karen. And then on the 25th, we have Ghislaine Maxwell, Filthy Rich. Mm. It's a documentary, obviously. Mm-hmm. We have The Last Dolphin on Netflix. Uh, the Filthy Rich one's on Netflix, too. I don't know if I mentioned that. The King of Laughter. And it looks like that's about it for VOD. Blu-ray this week. Uh, oh, i got to pull up the calendar. Hold on a second. That's, that's slim pickings. For VOD? Yeah, yeah, a couple on there, but yeah, I mean, like I unfortunately I, I saw something in the dirt and I didn't like it, so I mean maybe <laughs> we'll talk about that next week, but I'm definitely not going to rewatch it, so it's just going to be based on my memories of it <laughs> from a couple months ago. <laughs> it's like no, I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it again, man. I'm sorry. I, I, I love Benson and Moorhead. I've loved every single one of their movies, but this one I was just not. Wasn't feeling well, it, you man. Were, you already know what's in the dirt. I I do, and that's kind of why I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> um. Okay, let me see what we got going on with Blu-ray. This is for November twenty second. We got planes, trains, and automobiles coming out in four K. Uh, High Plains Drifter from 1973 coming out in 4K. Mystery Men from 1999. Rollerball from 1975. The Company of Wolves from 1984. Yeah. Which you just talked about. Yeah, that's a good one. Highly recommend. Pennywise, The Story of It, which I guess is a documentary. Don't need it. Come on, man. No, we don't need that. Hair Extensions from 2007. Uh, let's see. Hatching from earlier this year. Bros from earlier this year. The Good House from, I think that was from earlier this year also. Crabs from last year. Director's Edition. 
You see collector's editions, you see director's cuts, but you rarely see director's editions. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. What about Criterion's? Oh, we got two. We got that first uh, Criterion collab with Wally. Wally's coming out on, on Criterion now. I think this is cool because I think that Disney films absolutely should be on Criterion just because, you know, the whole kind of point of the Criterion is like important and influential films. And I think that obviously Disney plays a a role in that. I think that Wally, I I don't know if that one, I mean, it was a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Well, but it's on Criterion. Like I don't know if they're if they're and like. Got, uh, <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. Well, I I I think I know what you're going to say, and it will be interesting to see what they do down the down the road, moving forward. Is it just going to be Wally? Are they going to be doing a lot of other stuff? Or yeah, like is it just are Pixar? Gonna or are they going to are they going to dip in? Because I feel like 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 Snow White, for instance, like that should be on Criterion. Yeah, well, it'll it'll remain to be seen. All I know is that the Wally DVD has, uh, or the Blu-ray has, tons of special features. It's just tons. You just keep scrolling, and it keeps being bullet points. It's ridiculous. Well, this is good too because I feel like a lot of the Disney and Pixar Blu-ray releases are very lacking. Like, may- maybe not compared to like some things, but I guess you just there's like a certain expectation you have with those releases where they have like a lot of bonus content and yeah i think a lot of them are just kind of lacking uh and then the other one the other one is spike lee's malcolm x continuing that that spike lee journey that's right and they got a bunch of new conversations new interviews all sorts of stuff on there so two biggies very good very nice All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider giving us a review on iTunes. That'd be great. For Kevin Rickshaw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.